Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Why of are you always <laughs> smiling? Like it's something funny. Because <laughs> it, it feels awkward for me to do that. Does it? Yeah. That's All why right. I'm smiling. All right. Do it again. Just try it. No, I don't want to do it. You again. don't want to do it again? All right. No. Well, welcome to the Claw and the King podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Dopey, over here. So how are you doing, my my young friend? I'm doing pretty great. Can't complain. You're just drier than the Sahara <laughs> Desert, aren't you? Um, a lot of... Stuff has happened in the world of sport, I, I think you could say, recently. A surprising UFC card to a lot of people. Um, yeah, that, that's a pretty much a shocker. The F1, not really a shocker. Uh, Ferrari fumbling again. I mean, mm. is, is it a shock to anyone now? It, you must be the most delusional Ferrari fr- fan in the world to think that they're ever going to win a race at this point. Um, so, yeah, an eventful weekend in Oscars sort of world of sport. Not so in mine, but Game 5 basketball... Happened today, uh, NBA Finals, which was... It did. It was a massive game. Obviously, these game, from game four onwards, it's massive in any series. But what what would you like to start us off with, my young friend? Uh, let's start with, with some F1, I guess. Um, so it was the uh, Azerbaijan Grand Prix. I love their um, national anthem they do at the start of the, the race. I didn't hear it. What was it? It's Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan. They just sing the name of their country. It sounds like a Disney song. And like it's, Does it? Yeah, it's like an intro. Well, yeah. It's just very self-indulging. But um, <laughs> It's not as bad. It, like, England's one's pretty self-indulging. I mean, God Save the Queen. I mean, that's... Uh, I mean, I guess all national anthems are. Yeah, I mean... think about it, but... Australia's one's stupid, though. I mean, it's really, really stupid. Um, are you just going to look at text, or are you going to talk about the F1? I'm, yeah, I'm going to talk about it. So, right, hurry up. This... Uh, um... So, yeah, the main story out of this race is obviously Ferrari absolutely bottled it once again. Two cars could not finish the race due to um, hydraulic or engine issues. Um, uh, so, I don't know what Ferrari is making their cars out of, but it can't be good shit. They're, because the engines are failing across all the teams. All the Ferrari engines are failing every race. Oh, yeah, it's 100% the engine. I mean, um, every... Was it Haas failed? Alfa Romeo? They must just make it out of plastic or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's unbelievably good in short spans of time. But once it goes over an actual race, it's hope, useless. I was going to say hopeless, but I'll try to combine them a bit. But yeah, it was unreal how, it's unreal how bad their engine is. I mean, you feel bad for Charles Leclerc. Clearly, I think he's been the best driver easily this, this season. Um, but and he's gone to first so many times from pole, um, and just continued that and built great leads. And then his cars just failed him. Either that or the teams failed him. But it's yeah. mainly the car that's failed him this year. Um, it, it's ridiculous how bad that. I mean, Ferrari should be running away with the championship, but it looks like they've They're, got no shot in hell right well, now. Yeah, and to add insult to injury, George Russell has now overtaken the clerk in the championship. I mean, Mercedes so, cars nowhere near as good. Actually, as, wait. Did he overtake Leclerc? No, he overtook Sainz, and Perez overtook Leclerc. Yeah. So I mean, it, the speed that that Ferrari engine has and the the car has shouldn't it should not be finishing or not DNFing for that many weeks in a row. It's just ridiculous. Um, Haas, you I also mentioned Haas failed completely. I think 
Uh, Kevy Mag's been uh, quite unlucky with his engine over the past. I mean, he was coming about fifteenth, but no, he was coming tenth. He was, he was coming <laughs> tenth, yeah, and then his engine failed him. He was in for yeah a for a mayo. Guangzhou Zhou. I mean, Jesus Christ, that guy's been in like he he was, the most unluckiest uh, run he ever. Was, uh, he was pissed as well when his car broke. He's down. like, "Come on, guys, this is not good enough." I was doing so well. He's <laughs> like classic Toto, um, but yeah, obviously we were having a bit of a discussion. Uh, prior to the podcast about Lewis Hamilton and you were calling him some uh, flavorful words, shall I say? Yeah. Uh, sort of criticizing his mental capacity to deal with pain. <laughs> yeah, he was, um, being, he was being a flop. Even though his car was bouncing around like get, a basketball the whole race. Get off the radio complaining about your back, mate. I don't care. Well, I, I don't think he's communicating with you exactly. He's kind well, of he's trying to communicate with his team. Well, it's being communicated with me through the the broadcast. <laughs> well, the yeah. board, it, that you can blame you can put uh, the blame at the broadcaster's doorstep, but um, yeah, the the Mercedes car still has major problems with it. I think even you can't deny that it, it, the porp seems ridiculous. Um, even though they still manage to get decent well, results, that's why they're they're fast is because they put their their thing basically on the ground. That's why it's porpoising so much. I think. Yeah. So. They they could stop the porpoising, but they would just be slower, and they don't want to do that. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, because if they slowed it down anymore, it'd be a freaking tractor. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really not looking that great for Mercedes. They just have problems all over the place. Um, who else was well, sort of my big story out of this race? Danny Rick. Daniel Ricciardo obliterated Lando Norris. That it was probably the greatest individual driver performance of all time. Daniel yeah, Ricciardo's back. Wow, it was a great day wow. for Australia. What did he finish? Eighth? Fans. What did he eighth? finished eighth, 0.3 seconds ahead of Lando Norris. Absolutely destroyed. I mean, Lando was a bit... I've never seen a more one-sided uh, driver team discrepancy. I mean, Lando was a bit upset that he couldn't pass him for like five sure, laps. Sure, Lando was forced to finish behind him, but still, Daniel was absolutely destroying him. This is not right, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> at, no, at the, at the start, though, in the first stint, Daniel was actually faster and he was told to stay behind. So they, they just repaid the favour. But, yeah, it was just nice to see him, at least with him, on the track. Yeah, I mean... And in the points. He was going to get passed by him. But, yeah, look, it was a lot... I mean, and I, well, I think McLaren ruined both their races with the team orders. They could have put Daniel further ahead at the start and then they could have had Lando further ahead at the end. But they've just they're, they're so conscious of not having the drivers fight each other that they just keep them behind each other and they're they're ruining both their races. Yeah. Um I mean the standout driver for me was Pierre Gasly. Um what did he finish fifth? Yeah. Which I mean for an I but the Alpha Tauris were doing right. I think Yuki Tsunoda was up there as well until he had engine failures or he had something no, wrong his, with his wing snap. Yeah, he had something wrong with his car. But both the Alpha Tauris were looking unreal. In that race, they could have easily had two top seven finishes. Um, Seb Vettel, sort of, uh, he would be six. Well, yeah, he was looking a lot. He could have easily gone for fourth, um, he, but he mm. had a bit of a incident where he had to sort of veer off track a bit. Um, but other than that, it wasn't really that surprising of a race, considering the fact that Ferrari, both Ferrari cars sort of fell back. I mean, Latifi, oh my God. Well, he was like a minute behind. The next person. It wasn't like even a minute well, behind the. No, he did have a um. He had a ten second stop go penalty at the start of the race. Oh my god! Sorry, because his team like changed, uh, touched his car after they weren't allowed to. They, yeah, they tried to break it. They're like, please get off, <laughs> get off the track. They tried to puncture it before it <laughs> <they> started. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was uh quite a 
Not what would you say? It was a mid race. What, what well, would you sort of rank it. it? I enjoyed it because Daniel was actually in in a fu- competitive position. Yeah, but it's been the most enjoyable race for me. One of the most enjoyable races for me this year. Okay, well, decent race. Obviously, Ferrari fans are in the mud. Um, Red Bull, yeah. I just hate it when they win. It's just so annoying. The most the cockiest people on the planet. I mean, Christian Horner, you could just tell. He was just like, yeah, up yours, Mercedes, you son of a bitch. Um, Obviously, he hates them. Yeah, and then Max Verstappen. Just, ugh, I, a lot of people are Max fans because he's you know a young, exciting driver and he gives it all on the track, but... I just find him really just annoying. He's just really arrogant, and I don't like that. But that's just my personal preference, so I don't like when Red Bull win. But, yeah. What's the next race? Uh, it's this week. I think it's Baku. Baku? It's another It's another street circuit, so similar to this track. All right. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that, and hopefully uh, Kevy Mag can pull out P1. Uh, what's your obsession with Kevy Mag? I just love Kevy Mag. I'm the Why? underdog. What I'm has he done to make you like him? Well, I mean, he's, he's one, he's a good driver. Two, <laughs> he just, I just like the underdog, you know? Haas was like the worst car on track for two years in a row. Why don't you like Williams then? Because I don't like Latifi, do I? I mean, who Still. likes Latifi? <laughs> who likes Magnussen? I think a lot of people like Magnussen over Latifi. Latifi is a literal cheat and a fraud and I hate him. Okay, um, that's great. And Williams aren't improving; they're not doing any better, are they? So Haas are actually doing well. And once they, I mean, come on, they finished like in qualifying the first race, like fifth and seventh or something ridiculous. They were unreal. Um, now they're trash. Well, the, their engine sucks. Which everyone could well, the engine's good and bad. I mean, it's giving them a lot more pace than they've ever had, but they also can't finish races. So it's a bit of a uh, up and it's up up in arms how how good their season is. I still have faith fifth for Haas by the end of fifth. the year. <laughs> in the constructors, you think they'll be fifth? It could be. It's possible. I said by the end of the year they'll be ninth or tenth, and I'm sticking with that. You think they're going to be worse than Williams? No. Well, Williams could be tenth. <laughs> Haas could be ninth. <laughs> all right, all right. The Haas aren't Haas aren't going to be ninth. They're probably going to be sixth, seventh, maybe, <laughs> maybe eighth, maybe eighth, but. They will not get ninth. I mean... I think they will. How? Because they suck. Yeah, but other teams suck more. You think... Do you honestly think that Lance Stroll is going to get I think, any points? I think Vettel could get points. Uh, but I think Kevin Mack can do just as well as Vettel. Um, but anyway, moving on. What's the, what's the next topic that you... Moving you'd... on, we'll, we'll touch on the um, NBA. Game 5 today, obviously, the Golden State Warriors got up. Now leading three games to two um, and have a commanding sort of position on this series. I, I picked Golden State in six going into this series and it looks like that's going to happen. Hopefully unless Boston... Again, upset, it looks uh, like it's going to happen. <laughs> it's 3-2. Right, well, it, yeah, it's 3-2. It, it, was, it was a big win from Golden State today. I mean, Andrew Wiggins was looking like a prime Kawhi Leonard today. Um, don't you ever compare him to the claw, right? I mean, don't you ever do that. Yeah, that's what he looked like today. Um... Yeah, Steph, Steph Curry was terrible. I thought Boston had it. And they won. I honestly think Boston in that third quarter, um, they had it. I mean, Mar- I think it was, they were up by six. I think Marcus Smart hit a three and they were up by six. And I thought, we're right. The momentum's completely shifted. Golden State started so much better than Boston. Boston scored like eight points in the first 10 minutes or something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Boston came back in that third quarter and 
but yeah, Andrew Wiggins in that fourth quarter just sort of made it impossible for Boston. And what was it, thirteen point deficit at the end or something like that? Mm. Um, Boston, look, it's going to be tough for Boston to win the next game. I'm not going to lie; they're not a great home playoff team, even though they won one. And I said, I did say before that if Boston were two two, I think both teams would take that. If the series, sorry, if the series was tied two two. I think Boston and Golden State would have taken that, even though Boston would have lost a game at home court. I think they haven't been good at all at home during these playoffs, and I think mm. taking at least one and making sure that you have opportunities to close out on the road or close out or, or make a game seven um, back at home, but it's just a massive game for them. I don't think they're going to win it, though. They've just been mm. so bad at home, and I think the Warriors are on a roll, and Steph Curry was poor today. And they still managed to win. Um, uh, so I, I'm yeah. not too sure about your opinion on it, but it doesn't look great from a Boston perspective. No, and I, th- I think I think both teams honestly wouldn't be too concerned. I think they would both be confident going into Game 6. I mean, obviously the Warriors have Game 6 clay, um, which is a real thing, kind of like playoff Rondo. He, he's usually elite in Game 6. What's that song? Michael, Jordan, Dana, Game... But you know the Clay Thompson story? Where he did the, never mind. It was just a. It's a Kanye song. Oh, where he did the. Do you not remember that story of Clay Thompson where he did like all the photos of that Kanye West song? Where it was like Michael. No, I don't. You don't remember that? No. All right. Well, anyway, that was just a useless conversation. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. But yeah. But um. Yeah. So I think the Warriors should win. But the thing is, Boston have been in this position before in this playoffs against Milwaukee. They were down three two. Um, and came back to win the series. So they, they've got that to lean on, I guess, that they've done it before. Um, but this is the first time this playoffs, I think they've lost back-to-back games. So maybe that could just be the last sort of dagger that they've just lost it now. And I did say I think they would wear out towards the end of this series because of the Miami series. And I think just it, it did look like they were slow. Like Tatum could not get the separation today. He was airballing left, right, and center. Jalen Brown as well. I don't think I've seen that ma- as many airballs as I did today from Boston. Well, again, it was just, I think, a story of how they dominated the third quarter, but the rest of the game they were poor. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult. I thought Robert Williams was good again today, even though um, he doesn't score a lot. I think. He, he, uh, th- yeah, because they never give him the ball. Well, yeah, I think they should give him the ball more. I think you look at the defensive impact that he has and the offensive rebounding capabilities. I think if you get the ball in that pain, and that's how they sort of overcame that deficit that they had. They said, you know what, we're not hitting our threes. Um, but then they hit eight in a row. And then they hit point. eight in a row. Um, but before that, sort of to c- close the gap or minimize the Golden State lead, they just went inside. And I think that's a recipe that they've got to follow in game six. I think they've got... Um, Guys like Al Horford, they got guys like Robert Williams, but they also have Tatum and Brown who are hyper athletic and much more they're much more athletic than this Golden State team. So they need to use that instead of trying to sort of gather or just find this three point shooting and out duel Golden State in a three point shooting match. You're never gonna do that. So you just you've got to use your strengths and go towards the rim and you've got Jalen Brown there, you've got Jason Tatum, like I said. Marcus Smart's good at getting past uh, defenders and they they've got they're great at ball movement. So as long as they keep on moving that basketball and driving towards the rim and then finding either Robert Williams or Grant Williams or you know Al Horford under the basket, I think that's a recipe for success. And 
yeah, the, obviously TD Garden's going to be absolutely hyped for the game. Mm. Um, and you've just got to find a way to make it a game seven. It's going to be tough again to win a game seven, but they're the masters at winning game sevens on the road. So And Golden State are know. the masters of choking. Well, they're not the masters. <laughs> I think they choked, w- well, they choked once, but... Um, yeah. It was a pr- pretty big joke. I mean, yeah. joking a 3-1 lead in an NBA Finals game. Uh, but, I mean, I think that is probably, if we're just a bit off topic, I think that's probably like the most overrated uh, choke jobs of all time. Like people, Overrated? Like in terms of people view that as the biggest choke job of all time. It's up there. Even though I know the stage is the biggest, uh, is the biggest in the NBA, and you, if you blew a 3-1 lead in an NBA Finals, it's pretty big. But you've also got to look at the other side and look how unbelievable LeBron James and Kyrie Irving were and how they f- physically were just that great that it was borderline impossible. And the games also fit. So if you win that game five away from home and you just manage to outwill your opponent, and that's what they did. They outwilled Golden State in that game five at Golden State. Then you have a home game six. And with that atmosphere, you've already got momentum after winning the last game. It's easy to win that game. So that's not an impossible yeah. game to win. And then game seven, even though it's on the road, game sevens are the most unpredictable games. You just throw everything out the window. So even though it's a pretty big choke job, it's it's not that big because of how great uh, LeBron James and Kyrie Irving were and the fact that the game scheduled favoured or where the games were favoured, um, I think, Cleveland. So even though... I, I see the Clippers choke job against the Nuggets as a much bigger one. I mean, the fact how... And, I mean, the Clippers won against the Rockets as well when we blew, uh, was it a 25-point lead in the fourth quarter in a closeout game six. That That's mm. a massive one. So I do think that's a bit overhyped, and I think the Warriors are sort of... Their legacy is almost tarnished because of... Uh, because of that choke job, and they're sort of seen as team a team vulnerable to choke. But I don't see it like that. So I think okay. that's just a bit of an that anecdote. That was a nice rant about chokes. I know, it's a bit of an anecdote from me, you know, just a bit of my basketball wisdom just pushed onto the podcast. Yeah, unfortunately, your basketball wisdom told you to pick the Celtics. Are they still in this series? Yeah. I, th- I think I picked the Celtics in seven. It might have been six, but I'm going to say seven, <laughs> so it looks better. Um, but yeah, I don't know why you think the series is over. I, why? Because it is. Well, if the Celtics had won to get today, I wouldn't say the series was over. You don't think the Celtics can win I a game have. six at home? <laughs> uh, I think it's unlikely. You think it's unlikely that they win at home in a playoff game? Yeah. I think it's probably... because Just because of the way the two teams are playing right now. Boston... And where they both are in this in at the end of the season, I think it's just done. You think it's done? I think I think the Warriors Jesus are steamrolling. Christ. I think Warriors steamrolling. So by the time of this next podcast... Now, I want to put this in context. I keep on bringing this up, but Oscar did pick Kyle Kuzma to win Most Improved Player a couple like, of years back. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, when he was terrible. He, he actually um, was kind of close this year. No, no. Yeah, whatever. Um, he also picked the Lakers to win the championship this year with the Nets. Did you not pick the Clippers? We had injuries. That's okay. different. You had incapable players. Um so, yeah, don't always take Oscar's word as gospel. That's just what I'm trying Obviously, to say. Obviously, everyone's going to pick the team they support. Yeah, but not if you're a Utah Jazz fan or a, or like a Orlando Magic fan. I mean, come on. 
You can't. Well, be that. yeah, but if your team, we were the we were the betting favourites to win the championship at the start of the year. Uh, okay, no yeah, one could whatever. have predicted the. Absolute I could have. I literally co- shit predicted show it that happened this. I year. could have predicted it. I think most basketball people with I think sound basketball. I think, basketball you, I think you could have predicted that it wouldn't have worked, but I don't think you could have predicted how bad it was. Okay, but anyways, all I'm trying to say is Oscar's word isn't always gospel. You're not always right. No, I am always right. So I think that you're if I'm not right. It's because of circumstances out of my control. So, so <laughs> are you saying it would take an act of God for the Boston Celtics to win this series? <laughs> yeah. Like Steph All right, that's Curry, the like end of Steph, a chat. Like that's Steph Curry's ankles being struck down by a Marcus again, Smart dive or something. That's another thing Oscar likes to do. He likes to deflect things. He likes to deflect the blame. So are you seriously going to sit on this show after the Celtics win and go, you know what? God wanted the Celtics to win. <laughs> if, the Celt- was a, if the Celtics win, there will be some miraculous reason for why they've won. It's, you know what? They've got a leprechaun as their, the lucky leprechaun as their emblem. That's why they won. You know, they got lucky. Oh, the refs. Who knows? The refs. I can't. Did you believe the refs I, in that I, game? I haven't watched the game yet. I don't know. But did you also see that the ref that refed, I think it was Tony Brothers, he's 3-17. and 17. Uh, The Celtics are 3-17 and 17 when he refs a game this season. Well. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. Maybe. You know, there's I think the, the NBA what, is a bit of Scott Foster. Chris Paul's like 0-20-something yeah, with Scott Foster or something. Yeah, well, but I mean, still, uh, that's not you're deflecting again. <laughs> not deflecting. The Celtics are three and seventeen when Tony Brothers is a referee. That has got to be some NBA rig job right there. Oh, that's, it that's rigging. I mean, come on, in a closeout game, in well, not in a closeout game, but in a game five situation in an NBA Finals, how is a ref who's where the opposition team has three and seventeen with this ref on the fucking court? How is he? How is he allowed to ref that game? I don't know. See, rigging. All right? Rigging? It's rigged. It's the, and the NBA is rigged. They, they want the Warriors to win. They want Steph Curry with a Cinderella run to win an NBA championship. That's what it comes down to, all right? Um, is it not just that they're one of the best teams of all time? No, it's rigged. Okay. Um, but while we're still on, you know, rigging and, and things the NBA want and don't want, we'll, we'll switch lanes to Anthony Davis. Um, obviously, Anthony Davis doesn't want himself to be good at basketball anymore he just um, wants to take it he wants to take a chill you know he wants to just so yeah it's come out that he has a, a strict off-season schedule that he follows um of 10 hours of minecraft a day <laughs> <laughs> dude that call of duty dude it gets it gets intense you know yeah. you got to focus you can't you can't be you know focusing on basketball when you've got call of duty to play all right but yeah it comes out that he on top of all the rest that he gets in season because he's injured 90% of the time, it comes to a surprise to many that he likes to have a two and a half month break. A break <laughs> in the off season. And you saw on ESPN, uh, JJ Reddick, and this is the only time that I disagree with JJ Reddick over Stephen A. But JJ Reddick was like, well, this is normal. This is completely normal. I took a rest period. And I'm like, mate, you could shoot the basketball at 40%. Anthony Davis is shooting 18% from three. What are you talking about? He needs to be in that gym seven days a week for the rest of his life to be able to get to 40% from three. Um, the fact that he's just so casual with it, like, oh, you know what? I, I haven't shot a basketball in like three months, you know? No, big, no biggie. It's not like I've injured all the season, so I have rest anyway. And what were you saying before the podcast? 
He needed a mental break. That, that's yeah, it mentally. It takes a toll on him. All the all the halfway through the year, the, all the fashion choices are hard to keep oh, up. Yeah, with. that is fair. The trends are really hard to keep keep up to. Tr- uh, Those street clothes. I mean, the amount of street clothes he has. I mean, he must he must have wardrobes full of clothes that he has to yeah, pick from. Yeah, he would. He's he's probably got, he probably has a stylist that does it all for him. Yeah, but it's still stressful to think about it. I mean, you've got to hire the stylist as well. Can you imagine that? You've got to actually that hire be, that, that person. That would be a hard job. And you've got to be able to know if they're in sync. It's like having uh, getting the right cleaners for your house. It's like you've got to know if they're the right fit for your house. It's kind of like the same thing yeah. with your body. But, yeah, it's just the amount of stress that he's been through. You, you can't blame him, to be honest. I mean, geez. It's a tough life in LA. It's a tough life. But honestly... I mean, let's let's stop being sarcastic at this point. It's ridiculous. I mean, surely you think it's ridiculous that he's getting a three month break from already having <laughs> a know. whole season I, I break. Well, I don't. The thing is, I don't care what you do as long as you perform in season. So if he comes out and he's shit during the season, well then yeah, I will care. But if he comes out and he's good again, then I'll be like, do what you want, mate. But if he's taking three months break off while when he shot eighteen percent from three, surely it can't get any better. Well, even if it gets ten percent better, it's still terrible. <laughs> yeah, eighteen percent from three. His, uh, I just think it's a lack of look. I've always attributed it to the lack of game time because he has de- had declining, not only declining points numbers, but declining efficiency and percentage numbers. So it's also from free throws. Um, I think he was like eighty-four percent his first year with the Lakers, and now it's seventy percent two years in a row. It, it, it's almost like, and I've always attributed that to the fact that he doesn't get enough game time. that it, Because he's always injured and he doesn't get into a good enough rhythm and he needs a rhythm or a, a collection of games like he had with the Lakers when he didn't get injured his first season. Um, and he was in the bubble and he was completely healthy. He needed just a complete run of games or an entire season just to be able to get that sort of rhythm in his shot going. But it turns out <laughs> that he needs to practice in the off-season. <laughs> It's just his lack of... It's like, I don't change my schedule. No matter how much I get injured, I am always taking that three-month break. (laughs) No matter if I'm getting the break the entire season, I'm getting another break for three months. Because that's maybe... And this was a sort of point I saw in the comments as well of of the video on ESPN that they did. Um, Surely, I mean, if you get injured this much, surely... It's, this is also attributing to your injuries. If you're taking this amount of time off and, and doing nothing, and then well, you go right into training camp where you're going full out, maybe this is attributing to your body breaking down and getting constant injuries because you're going from such a low sort of impact on your body and doing nothing to all of a sudden playing high-volume NBA basketball, intense, and, and at your size as well. Surely this is attributing to your injuries. Yeah, well, it, it definitely could be. Um but like yeah, well we know Anthony Davis is just fragile. He has been his whole career. He can't have been like when when he started in the league, he had to be practicing a lot. Like you'd have to assume he can't have just always done nothing. Um, this has to be like you know a new superstar mentality where he's like, um, no. But he said that this is what he does every off season. He takes two and a half months well, off every off season. Well, I'm going to assume he started that recently. <laughs> I don't think he has, but I mean, um, yeah. I, but I just think yeah, he's. Previously, he hasn't been this injured, even though he had been injury-prone. He still had a number of seasons where he was healthy for the majority of the season. So he had yeah. a lot of games where... And we all know that we both play basketball. Throughout the season, you get better as a basketball player. 
<laughs> now, Do you? to be fair, we were not the greatest basketball players, but we were. I, I was pretty great. Oh yeah, sure you were. <laughs> <laughs> I was better than you for the majority no. of school, just because you're lankier than me. You're taller than me. You're just naturally more athletic than me. So you were gonna get better than me eventually. But that's not the point of the, what I'm trying to say. The point is, we know from when we start the trials process, we're a lot worse than we are towards the end of the season. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, well, yeah. The more you play, the better Yeah, you so get, the more so. you play. So I think that's what's called a, sort of helped him because um, he's played... Playing during the season helps his game and I think helped his percentages and his efficiency as well. But because he's been injured so much of the past two seasons, he hasn't had that in-game experience where he can get better and get his rhythm as a shooter, like I said before. So it, it, this is alarming if I'm a like I mean, it's... I. I Maybe, I love maybe. how people. If you you should be making a massive deal out of this, if you're a Lakers fan, because I get if it's LeBron James and he's 37 and he's played a lot of seasons and he needs the recovery on his body, and you can say Anthony Davis doesn't need recovery on his body, but his when LeBron James played, he was a really really I mean MVP candidate when he was playing and when he was yeah, healthy easily. Anthony Davis shot 18 percent from three and has gone statistically down in every category. Since his first season with the Lakers. And really since his first couple seasons with the Pelicans as well. So, yeah, it's highly concerning. And I don't know how this gets... any People saying, oh, Anthony Davis could have a comeback. You know what? The Lakers could be back. If <laughs> Russell Westbrook... Uh, gets traded. No. <laughs> uh, your coach said... It's all about man. It's all about the defense, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've we've, we've hired um, a hood member <laughs> to coach the Lakers. Uh, I got shot. In, he's like fifty cent. He got man. The, the reporter's like, do you feel any pressure going into this Lakers job? It's most. It's like man. I got shot in the face. It's basketball, man. There's no pressure, man. We just gonna play that defense. We are gonna be hardworking and we gonna roll them other teams. Yeah, it's it was pretty um. Yeah, I mean, I admire his sort of confidence, but the the main things he said was about how he's going to unlock his and make sure he's great defensively. Well, hopefully he can just get buy-in from the players because for the majority of the season, the players just weren't even trying. So, yeah, hopefully he can just get them to try. That's a start. And mm. then we we can go from there. Uh, yeah, but there's just no talent there. And if, Well, there is talent. Is there? Is Russell yeah. Westbrook... No, uh, Russell Westbrook's not talent. He's trash. Anthony Davis is decreasing talent. He's clearly declining. But and, yeah, he, and he doesn't have... He's, and he's still talent that should be in his prime, so... Yeah, but he's not, though, is he? Yeah, but he should be, so... Well, Wayne Rooney declined at the age 30, when he aged 30, but when most people no, hit their primes then. No, but that's... It's a different sport. It's not. It's not a different sport? I'm saying that Anthony Davis... And I'm saying that... Well, it is obviously a different sport, but I'm saying athletes in general hit peaks at different times. And some people... Physically, no, in basketball, mature. what sort of barely any basketball players finish their prime by like twenty eight? Yeah, but I'm saying it's possible, especially if you're injury prone. A lot of players have great early starts to their career, but injuries tear them down. Well, the Brandon Roy, for example, for the Portland Trailblazers, a, a clear example of a guy that was on the trajectory, and people thought he was going up and up, but his body started to break apart once he. Sort of uh, once he hit his prime years, so yeah, I guess Derek Rose as well. Yeah, so but, I think but it's, it's rare. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's rare, but it's still possible. So I think you could easily say or see that uh, Anthony Davis is uh, a declining asset. 
um, and he's getting worse and worse. So, uh, and what, what's what young players have you got to lean on? Kendrick Nunn. You got Kendrick Nunn. Is he going to play this year? Should we put T-H-C, a bet on? H C baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a type of uh, drug. But anyway, T H T. That's what fight calls yeah, it. Yeah. Anyway, but um, there's just no talent. There really, I mean, well, who knows? We haven't seen Kendrick Nunn play yet, so <laughs> let's not rule him out yet. I mean, he got how much did he, he get paid? He was, like, he was like all rookie first team in Miami, so I mean, how much did he get paid? Five million to just sit on a bench? Well, yeah, I thought he was going to be out for like two I, weeks. I thought he had a knee bruise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the doctor just kept on coming in and asking, "Hey, you ready to how's, play? How's, how's that nah. bruise going?" <laughs> Another, another month, bro. I'll be good. <laughs> and it, the season just got progressively worse and worse. He's he, like, he, I'm not he, playing. He went to school at the Ben Simmons Sleeping Institute. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> It's a tough place to get into. I mean, I think Very Anthony, selective. Anthony Davis is in there for probably, what is it, three no, months Anthony, out of the offseason? Anthony, Anthony Davis is the lecturer. Yeah. Obviously, Ben Simmons is the founder. But yeah. Um, anyways, moving on from uh, Anthony Davis and his... Yeah. Uh, Atrocious work. Can we call it a, an atrocious work ethic? Yeah, sure. I guess. But then, where do you go for, with Ben Simmons? Like, how? What? What level is above atrocious? Ben Simmons. You just Ben Simmons. Yeah. Ben so Simmons. he's not quite. Ben Simmons is the verbiage. So he's not quite Ben Simmons. Did no. But he's just atrocious. At his work ethic. No, is because he doesn't refuse to play. He just doesn't want plays to. five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. He's also refusing to work out in the off-season when he's injured for no. Oh, yeah, I guess Ben Simmons does work out. He puts some fire highlight reels together yeah, in the off-season. I, maybe Ben Simmons <laughs> is better than Anthony Davis. I mean, workouts don't really help your team. So at least Anthony Davis is available for like 10% of the season. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's a pretty tough situation if you're a Lakers fan at the moment. It is. Um, speaking of tough situations, New South Wales lose to Queensland in game one. Um, I oh yeah, something that I I saw coming. Unfortunately, I forgot to I forgot to write this down. Hang on, for for we got obviously our segment last week of, what was it? Should we do heel the putter or we should do putter of the week? Putter of the week. I'm gonna obviously you're gonna pick somebody. I'm gonna pick somebody of the asinine thing that somebody did while we were watching this. Oh, game you're just gonna throw it in now <laughs> in a pub? No, I'll I'll discuss it later. Okay, for my putter of the week. And I just want to clarify, this was this is the worst thing you can do as a sports fan. I just want to say <laughs> that. This is the single no, worst thing no, you could do no. a, as a sports fan. So, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I just had to remember it for a second yeah, and yeah, sort yeah. of just clarify that I'm talking about an individual that is in this vicinity. Um, anyway, right. so moving on, go, go chat about your state of origin while yeah. I just... Sort of think about yeah, yeah. all the things so, I'm going to say about you in a second. Yes, yeah, so so New South Wales lost game one, um, and now it's it's come to a lot of people's attention that maybe Freddie did select the wrong team, which is quite clear to me that he did. Um, so I'm hoping that there's going to be a few selection changes, but I'm I'm very scared that there won't be. I I because Freddie sounds like he's got confidence in these boys to do the job, which is just insanity to me because. Queensland will beat us if we if we pick this same team. Um, and th- the thing is, we've got the players available to win this series, but we're just not picking them. Like, yeah. Well, Josh Adokar has scored. <laughs> D- did you watch the, the game yesterday? He scored a hat-trick. He scored five tries in two games since not being picked. 
Yeah. Look, he has to be in the team. I think we were just loyal to the wrong people. Yeah, we were. We're, Why were we loyal to Tarek Sims? I don't know. Like, Jake Trevojevic played amazing this week. He's got to be in. Even Angus Crichton played well this week. I think he's got to be in. Mm. Um, Also, I, I think Matt Burton's in. I'm throwing him in stop. at centre. I'm stop. He's stop. in for me. He's stop. in for me. He, Again, he was incredible yesterday. He was incredible yesterday. We're not having a Penrith. You want he Dylan doesn't Ed- even play for Should Penrith. we get Dylan Edwards in there as well? I'd, uh, I'd rather him than some of the people in there. Yeah, how about we get friggin' Sorensen in there as well? How about we get that Kaiser in there? Fisher Harris, you want to change nationalities? No. I want get Matt Burton at centre. How hard is it? Okay. Um, he has an incredible combination without a car. You put him on the left without a no. car. How yeah. incredible! They fifteenth. How is it incredible? Because they score eighty-five percent of the dogs' tries. Is Matt Burton? It's not incredible car. though. You're acting like it's the second coming of friggin' I don't know. Kronk and Tupo. I don't know. No, trust me. I've got but an eye for this stuff. And Matt, got an Burton, eye for Matt Burton is an Origin player. He's gonna do. Katoni Staggs is scared of the ball. He's allergic to running the ball. Yeah, but when he runs it, he's a friggin' tank. He, he takes one no, run a well, game. Okay. He's not an origin player. I'm sorry. Katoni Staggs is not an origin player. Matt Burton hasn't played center the whole year, so I wouldn't exactly he, Yeah, but he's a footy He can play He's a center. footy You sound like Gus Gould. Oh, he's, he's a, a footy, footy player. player. Get is. him in there. If, if you're going to throw Jack Wyden at center, who's never played there in his life, let alone Matt Burton being the Dallium center of the year last year. I wouldn't put Matt Burton in there at all. I think, well, one, he'd have to play left side, Matt Burton. Yeah, you throw him on the left and you throw Stephen or Latrell if you're going to pick Latrell on the right. You can't, you'd pick Latrell on the left. He's, he can't play Why? right center. Why? He's never played right center. And he's, Who gives a fuck? Yeah, but he's a left. He's no, a lefty. No, no, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter what it looks odd. It you're looks right. odd, though, don't you? Don't you no, think? If you're a lefty. He played, he played next to Toto last year in Origin and Toto's on the right this year, so it would work. No, well, look, at the end of the day, I think that Jack Wyden, even though he, was, he shouldn't have been picked, he was probably one of our yeah, best players. Yeah, he, so he, you think he's he going to get dropped? No. No. Uh, he's 100% going to be picked. But I, I, I'm, even though he did play well, I'll give him that. I think it's a flash in the pan, and you're asking for trouble if you think he's going to do that every well, game. Well, look, I, you say Addo Carr, and I don't think Tupo was bad. I think Tupo was good. Was he... Was t- I just think... <sighs> but he's just... How is he better than Addo Carr? He's a better... No, 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 from no, 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 and he's better no, in the high no, ball. No, no, no look, no, I don't think. Look, no, no, as a total, no, 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 Adokar brings a level of speed that nobody else has. So I, I wouldn't be upset if Adokar got picked whatsoever. But what I'm saying is that the main problem that we had was how slow we were in the middle and how we just, yeah, the the, the foot speed. The, you could just tell every single time it was Cotter, Carrigan, Collins. They just were so much quicker than us in the ruck, and they just dominated us in the ruck. And guys like Tedesco, guys like Cleary, had no time and no... We, how many times did we get tackled in the opposition 20? I don't know. Like, barely any. Barely any. So, we didn't have enough ball, and we were just too structured, And I, I feel like. So, I do agree with Gus on that point. I think it was... I don't. Th- I think we could easily have won with that personnel, but I think the how we played was... And the sort of Freddie's coaching... And the structure that we just played weird, was the like main what? problem. But yeah, I think the main changes need to happen in the middle. Um, I think Jake Travojevic needs to be in there. Um, and I think Adokar should be we, picked because for the simple reason of personality. You need to have winners and guys that have won in that New South Wales team. That's why, obviously, Queensland, even though I don't totally agree with stick and pick, that is one of the reasons why Queensland 
were so dominant over those years because they had guys who knew how to win and they knew how to pull it out um, in late game situ- situations. So I think the main changes that need to happen are through the middle. Um, yeah, I think we need more smaller agile style forwards because that's how que- what Queensland have done. Yeah, and and they destroyed us. But like who's a, who's an option? Who's a viable option? Because obviously well, Tarek Sims. Well, I, I think Tarek's out. I think you, I think out of Junior Paulo, Payne Haas, Campbell Gillard, you pick two of them. Yeah, I think one of them has to go. I wouldn't pick Campbell Gillard was good, but he just he's not on there for long enough. I I, I think yeah. you've got to go with another guy. I, th- I think and I think Madison goes. Yeah, Madison's um, probably gone. And yeah, I think you bring in Crichton, Travojevic. Um and I I'd I'd bring in Coris Alpha Cook because no. I don't care what you say. Cook was Cook is way quicker than anyone around the rock, so no, that's just no, not he, a, No, but he sucks. He doesn't suck. He does. As, late game, we would he, he never runs the ball. Yeah, he but sucks. he was late in late in the game when we were desperate, he was really good. And he, him and Tedesco and you you can't not pick Cook. If you say, if you're saying stick with Plays that have given you success before, you cannot not pick Cook because he's been unreal in the state yeah. of origin. Okay, fine. Uh, but I, I, maybe you do a Queens. Uh, this was sort of brought up on, I think, on Fox. Maybe you do a Queensland where you, a Ben Hunt, Harry Grant situation where you have Coruscant play the first well, 20 and then you have a guy yeah, like Cook I, who's quick off the bat. I th- yeah, I think if you're going to, I think if you're going to give White in the Senators, you have to commit to giving him the center jersey, and then you put either Coruscant or Hines on the bench, and, and Crichton can't be on the bench. Mm. I think he, either Crichton has to play center and Jack's on the bench, or Jack starts and Crichton's out. But I saw a, also another comment about it. When Brisbane had that dominant team in the 90s, the Queensland weren't doing that. I, obviously, I'm, I wasn't born then, so I'm not too sort of well-versed in that, but the this, this sort of story where you have to pick, where you pick a club team... And you sort of try and transfer that club team and that club form into State of Origin. It doesn't always work. Um, it's something that well, Gus Gould it, sort of pointed it, out. I mean, it does work pretty often. I mean, it, worked, it worked last year. No, but you had a lot of different... I mean, the players of the series were Latrell for the Bunnies. You had uh, Tedesco Roosters, uh, Trebojevic, Manly. Obviously, Cleary was great in that series. Um, you had a lot of different... But yeah, but like through the Queensland era, you had like five or six Melbourne players in that team every year. Yeah, well, not five or six. You probably had three. Yeah, Inglis, Slater, Smith. Well, Inglis, uh, Inglis was with the Rabbitohs a lot. Um, but yeah, I was with the Storm a lot. I, I get, I get your point, but I just think that it was a bit. And I didn't like the fact that Cleary was the sole kicker for sixty minutes of that game. It was but ridiculous. No, he he is. The can Luai not kick? He can kick. I know, but it was predict after after twenty minutes. It was predictable. You just they just rushed out to Cleary the entire time. And he had no time and no... I mean, where was his special kicks? All the time I see <laughs> in Penrith, he's doing these stupid bombs that go 100 m- miles in the air it's and wobble had, about. It's because he had no time. That's and then he just kicked the most basic kicks in the world to Queensland. Yeah, they were like, oh, it, it wasn't his, it wasn't like his, It wasn't his best game, but... But he, he didn't have enough time. Yeah, the, because the, the way Penrith is structured is they all have... They all block... At the ruck, like all the forwards just stand next to the ruck and block the chases. Yeah. So he he has heaps of time, and obviously they didn't do that, mm. and and they just didn't get quick enough play the balls. So, but yeah, I I would be sort of worried if they didn't make any changes, unless because I think about even though yeah. Stags might be sort of swift. I hope for New South Wales state sake, um, Stags never plays another game of Origin. No, he's a very talented player, so I would never well, say no, that. No, well, you. 
you would hope Travoyevic and Latrell will be the same oh, yeah, well, you hope five that, years. So I'm hoping for New South Wales' sake, he never has to play again. Well, yeah, obviously. You're yeah. hoping that Travoyevic and Latrell are constantly available, but that's just not the case. They're very injury-prone players, so I wouldn't sort of count on that. Um, but yeah, it's just... I love all the Queenslanders that are just harping up as well. Like, mate, if we had a fully healthy team, you'd get absolutely trounced. You know what happened last year? 50-6 to six, when we had a healthy team. It would happen again. Trebojevic and Latrell would destroy you when they're fully healthy. So don't even like chat like, "Oh, New South Wales are, are lucky. We're 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 back, baby. Seven in a row, we're back." And it's just like, no, and they're acting like they no. won the series after one game. Well, um, yeah, they did win in New South Wales though, so they're in the driver's seat for sure. Of course, they're in the driver's seat, but it's just we have a injured team. And we're picking backups, really. Even though we got great depth, they're still backups. Yeah. So I wouldn't get just, I wouldn't uh, get too honestly, high on your high. If, if Freddie doesn't make the right changes and we lose game two, I'm sorry, he has to be fired. He I've, won't I've be, had though. enough of him. He's so <laughs> weird. He's just too weird. Yeah, but is, is it, even though he's like probably the most successful origin coach since Gus Gould, <laughs> I don't care. Is he overrated? Do you reckon? Yes. I mean, it's considered for NRL coaching. Massively stuff. overrated. Yeah. I, I I do kind of agree, but he, I I do think he has got the what it takes to be an wasn't origin he, coach. Wasn't he shit as an NRL coach? He was young. He was. I think he was inheriting a bad situation with the Roosters. He wasn't for very long. So, But anyway, moving on. Um, is there another segment you'd like to move on? Another segment. <laughs> because um, we, we could talk about origin for yeah. years. We'll, we'll clearly touch on UFC 275. Obviously, make it quick. Was, it was meant card. to be the. Sh- it was I'm meant joking. to be a boring card, but it turned out to be an insane card. Maybe it was an insane card that nobody watched, but it was it was still well, a lot good. of people watched it. But yeah, um, yeah. So Whaley obviously spinning back fist KOs Joanna. Um, it's a rare thing that you see um, proper knockouts in women's. Martial arts, especially in the lightest weight class, they're only 115 pounds. They're tiny, um, and yeah, you very rarely see proper knockouts. But this one was pretty crazy, probably knockout of the year. Um, and then obviously Joanna retired after the after the fight. Pretty sad. Obviously one of the OGs in women's mixed martial arts, a, f- a fan favorite fighter, and had a great career. But um, yeah, just I don't know because she did look good to be fair, but. Just got caught, similar similar to Tony Ferguson, kind of, except Tony's too stupid to retire. Um, Mate, he runs with wolves. Why would he retire? <laughs> he runs in the mountains with wolves. He's a... I mean, Tony's a bit deranged, but yeah. It was a good card in terms of the entertainment value, but it was just the names weren't big. But they agree, me. I mean, Shevchenko's one of the biggest female names. I mean, in terms of female cards, it was big, but, I mean, if your main card is Globo Teixeira, I mean, it's a bit... Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you'd ideally want him on another championship card as well I guess with but another um, championship in the card so but yeah I uh, it sort of you said it was the greatest light heavyweight championship fight of all time yeah which I think is ludicrous since uh, I think easily I think Jones John Jones has a lot to say about that even though he was uh, what's the word cheating yeah <laughs> allegedly on certain substances that would have aided his chances of winning I think is a more accurate statement, but yeah, he uh, he has a lot. I think he might have a couple of things to say about that. With his, he had uh, many 
unbelievable championship fights against top level guys. Yeah, but they weren't as back and forth as this. Like, I know, this but was, both guys were nearly knocked out multiple times. I know, in terms of maybe entertainment values are maybe up there, but you've also got to take into account that the name value does attribute to that. Because um, I'm sure there's boxing fights on everywhere. They're probably better than some championship fights, than, than most championship fights. But the thing is, the champ, the reason why yeah, the big this, names... Yeah, but this was a championship fight. I know, but... I, I, <laughs> You get you're trying to take. I'm just understand my point, okay? What I'm saying is, the name of the fighter does attribute to how great that fight was. So, the Nate Diaz corner two, I think it does, because or or it's sort of place in history. Even though you're calling it the greatest light heavyweight championship fight of all time, I don't think it will ever be viewed as that because the names aren't big. I think it already is viewed as that. I don't think it is. Um, but I think the names to attribute. So, like I said, Connor Nate two, that is arguably one of the greatest fights of all time in the UFC. Not just because of how good of a fight it was, but because of the name, uh, because of both their names and how popular both those guys are, and how important it was. Yeah, and that like, wasn't even to, a championship fight. To an extent, fight. that's un- yeah. To an extent, that is the case. But the, like this is what I'm not was saying a it's championship a championship fight. So I'm not it saying it's a, a main. F- yeah, I know. I'm not saying it's not a big fight, but I'm saying the name value matters, and I'm not saying it, it's the only thing that matters. But um, I think it does sort of attribute maybe a twenty to thirty percent factor into if it's a great fight, if it's the greatest fight of all time, or not. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, he was he was about to lose if he survived another thirty seconds, but he submitted him. Wins the belt yeah. up. The Dana area. wasn't even there. He was just. They know, but did you see he did a live reaction to it? Well, yeah. I mean, if he wasn't watching he a was championship like, fight in his own company, it'd be a bit. No, a bit, yeah, but he filmed his reaction to it and he was going crazy. Yeah, he but was like, holy shit, he tapped him out. Holy fuck, he fucking tapped. Mind the language. Um. Anyway, um, d- so um, it's a quote. Yeah. Okay. Um. And sorry, just Shevchenko lost. Well, no, she won. A split did she decision. win? Very. It was the closest fight she's had. Jeff Janko. Uh, Isn't she doesn't she have like a tattoo of like the gun? Yeah, on she's her? the bullet. Yeah. Um but yeah. She's the most she's number one pound for pound female and this this she was like a six to one favourite and she nearly lost, so nice. Anyway, uh great card all round. Great card. Great. And the next card, card is fucking stacked. Language. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just kidding. Um so who's on the next card? Uh it's Izzy versus Cannoneer, Volkanovsky versus Holloway three. Sugar Sean O'Malley's back. Nice. Um, so it looks like a, a lot of big names on that. Yeah. Um, the Volk. I thought he was in. He was on Origin Camp, wasn't he? Yeah. A couple of weeks ago. He was in the Blues Camp. But yeah, obviously a massive fight that. So looking forward to that. Is that next week or uh, the end of this week? Nah, it's a couple, couple weeks. A couple more weeks, all right. So moving on. Is there any... Uh, moving on to... Uh, what do you want to talk about? Piggy Blinders? All right, quickly. Season six review. Spoiler alert. I, I don't think I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but Peaky Blinders is the greatest show of all time. Uh, I think it's common knowledge for now. I just think if you, uh. I think if you have any other opinion, you're just a bit deluded in the head, aren't you? Oscar will say like Gone Girls or Gone Girls. The fuck is that? Oh, like what? Whatever that Glee or some Glee. some stupid <laughs> shit like that. But no, it is, in my opinion, the greatest show of all time. It um. The last season, look, it wasn't the best season, I don't think. It was a bit of a slow build. Yeah, I was, it kind of just 
didn't do it for me the last season. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it did leave a lot of questions unanswered. I don't think it. But, an- no, but I've, I've since done a little bit of research, and apparently they're making a movie. Yeah, they are. So it's not really the end. No, it's not. I don't think. But I, we're just encapsulating the season. I think. And not. Where did the uh, or the Scottish gang called the Billy Boys? Where did they go? But yeah, they they killed well, like. The the whole thing with this season with for me is like so many characters had so little screen time. Mm. Like, f- yeah, I, it was, I thought Finn was going to be like a main character. Yeah, it was he kind was of the Tommy two, show. He was in two scenes the entire season. Well, it was a Tommy show, wasn't it? You just yeah. he was in every scene. But yeah, I think it was. I don't think it was as good. Not because I don't think the production value or the acting or the script wasn't that good. Um, I just think that the continuation from season five to season six wasn't as as synced as it should have been. I think it didn't focus on the killing of Polly, and obviously well, she well, died in real life, so that's obviously very yeah. sad. But of... Uh, well, I think that's what they did well, though. I think they handled it well by just getting it out of the way. Everyone knows that she's not going to be there. So they were just like, first scene, she's been killed, that's it. Yeah. Well, I don't think there was a much attention to that. I don't think the bad guy in it... Oh God, I forgot his name. Um, Oswald? Yeah, Mos- Oswald Mosley. I don't think, like, how did he not realise that there was an assassination attempt from the Peaky Blinders on him (laughs) at that point? Um, But I think the way it ended was unbelievable. I thought it was a really good ending. Um, The fact that... What, with him just riding away on a horse? No, I'm not (laughs) saying, like, the last scene. Uh, I'm talking about, like, the last episode in a bit. I thought they should have... I thought they were leading towards Michael coming good and being like no nobody wanted Michael to I come wanted, good. Do you want him to get shot in the face I wanted like Michael I'm to turn on his, these dickheads but then he was why not. would you want Michael to be good you want him dead he's a rat <laughs> he tried to turn on Tommy <laughs> die well I, no, I wanted to see that the American dude and Oswald die but no. I wanted Michael to die as well you didn't want Michael to die he tried I, to take over the company really. from Tommy do you not remember the end of last season yeah. season five when he was like, well, yeah, I do, but it's, you know, it's kind of sad. He betrayed the family, so he deserves to rot in the ground, all right? No, no but, but the, shut up. No. The other two main villains, nothing happened to them. Anyway, spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> I said spoiler alert. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. What what happened to them? They just, uh, nothing? What do you mean the other two villains? Oswald and the American dude. Um, there was like no closure on their well, story. Well, I think that might even, that'll probably be addressed in the movie, I, I, I imagine. But yeah, I do like how it ended, how... I think there were a lot of clever things about how he had that tuberculosis diagnosis. Yeah, that, and that then, was cool. And then the doctor, it turns out the doctor was like... Uh, His mate. Was the Oswald Mosley's mate. So it was a, Oswald Mosley tried to kill off Tommy. By so they were both trying to kill him in different ways. Yeah. And they both failed. So I thought it was quite interesting <laughs> how that ended. Obvious, obviously they failed. It's fucking impossible to kill Tommy. Shelley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, and I liked how Michael got shot right in the head. It was also kind of weird how like Alfie only had two scenes the entire show. And yeah, it was but the I think first scene in like episode one and the last scene in episode. Six. I I do think that bit was a bit forced. I don't think he should have been in it. To be honest, I think I think he should have been in it more. He's a good. Character. Well, he's a great character, but I just think his sort of story arc ended when Tommy tried to kill him and he was in Margate or whatever, um, and he was just on holiday or like he was just retiring. I think that was probably a good end to that character. I don't think he really needed to be um, sort of in the show anymore. I I look. Was it as well made as the other seasons? I don't think so. But I do think there were shining I lights think, in it. Yeah. I think the earlier seasons were better. But yeah. By far. Well, <clears throat> I, I do think... Also, his his wife, Lizzie, 
I fucking hate her. Yeah, no one likes Why her. Why is she such a big part of the show? She's just yeah, annoying. Yeah, she, she's the most annoying character. I mean, look, if you... I mean, she has... She, like, she should be lucky. You're, like, you're pretty lucky to be where you are. You weren't earning the it's greatest like, living oh, beforehand. Just piss off. I, I don't care about you, please. Yeah. When they, when they broke up, I was like, thank fuck. Yeah. Get her out of here. I do think there has been too much shone on her character. And on this season, there was just so many scenes with just her and her and Tommy and I just thought that was a bit like come on nobody really cares about you mate yeah, so. he settled for you after his true love died <laughs> <laughs> she, he doesn't really love you but whatever um, so yeah I don't think it was bad season at all but and I do like how it ended um, and I, so it, I'd rate it probably a six seven six and a half out of ten I'd rate it six and a half out of ten because yeah that's fair I guess by the Peaky Blinders now if Game of Thrones would have ended anywhere close to as good as that, I w- it would be the greatest TV show of all time, Game of Thrones. But the way that it ended, it was that horrible that I can't put it above Peaky Blinders as the greatest show of all time. Um, so yeah, not that, not as good as I'd like it to be, but it was still sort of satisfying how it all ended. Um, and I think Michael getting shot was just the best part of it, to be honest. <laughs> really? Oh, I wanted him dead. Oh, he's just that cocky. He was just so cocky. He's like, mate, you grew tomatoes growing up as a kid. Just shut your mouth, all right? Tommy d- grew up in the war, all right? He was killing bad guys for a living. You were just picking tomatoes out of, in a farm in the middle of nowhere. So, uh, yeah, I think I was. it was really satisfying when he died. Okay. I'm just ranting on about how I about, loved how, I, how, he, how Michael died. Yeah, I feel like they should have killed off one of the family members like Arthur or Ada or something yeah but they they've killed off so many though like yeah, so know, many it, have died it is, yeah <laughs> like it was it was like you know it made it mean something at the time but now at the end of the show it's like ah it was better when John was alive <laughs> yeah well yeah John was a great character so it, it's tough to replace him and well I mean yeah Polly obviously died in real life so it's very yeah. sad but same I, and I hated her character at the time but this season I was like ah oh, kind of missed you it. hated Polly Polly was the best character well wasn't the best but one one of them I didn't like her but yeah, I no the person that I hated the most, the most that I hated getting uh, sort of back into this season. Can you guess who it was? The religious one. Yeah, Linda. Fucking Linda. <laughs> she tried to turn Arthur Shelby away into some Christian geezer. Like, stop. <laughs> He's a gangster. Stop trying to turn him. She's just like the most controlling woman ever, and she tried to kill him as well. <laughs> And Tommy's like, you know what? We'll do Arthur some good. Get Linda back in the folder. Huh? Well, he was a drug addict. He was going to kill himself. Yeah, but I he, he should have gone out like a gangster. He shouldn't have gone out with friggin' Linda in <laughs> riding off into the sunset. Linda. She's the most annoying character ever. Like, don't you understand what this is? We're not playing happy families here. This is a gangster. This is a gang family who run England. Can you just shut up and just be happy with where you are in life? I don't know if you felt the same way about Linda. Um, um, uh, I mean, she was kind of annoying, but but she was worse than Lizzie. At just, least Lizzie just—he's just an—I just don't know—he's brain dead. So yeah, but at least Lizzie was like kind of accepting of who Tommy was. She just wanted more love from him, but he—he yeah. he wouldn't give that to her because obviously he loved another woman who died. At least she was accepting of the life. Linda, <laughs> I mean, geez, it tried to grow chickens in the middle of nowhere i mean it's just ridiculous how i just didn't like linda and the fact that she got a role in the last season was just a joke she, she should have been killed 
I would have been so happy if she was killed. <laughs> Not, she doesn't have to even be like shot or anything, just a car or something, run her over. Or, just a car, run her over. Yeah, just something. I don't know. Or if just she dies in the church. How <laughs> does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> just the church collapses or something. Yeah, like how um they died in Game of Thrones. There's collapse under a bed. Yeah, you know what? That would have been a lot better to happen on Linda than Cersei. Yeah. But anyway, we won't go into Ga- Game of Thrones. I could rant about yeah, for we, three we've hours. We've done that before. We've done yeah. that before. We should actually we could actually do a full podcast about how terrible Game of Thrones ended. But anyway, moving on. Do you want to moving on? Is it pusher of the week yet? Or yeah, that's where we're up to. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You can go first. Right. So, on Wednesday, obviously State of Origin, right? State of Origin. It was. Fantastic. We went with a couple mates, went down to the pub, had a couple... I didn't have beer, I had whiskey because I was nervous. Um, But I had some whiskey. And uh, it's all good. Oscar and one of my, my other mates putting on a bet before the match. You know, just as you do. Classic Australian... Pastime betting. Oh, yeah. Sports betting. Um, and, uh, yeah, and we got off to a great lead. You know, we, we scored, I think, the first try, didn't we? It was Jack White and that we did. tumbled over. And then Queensland scored a try. But <laughs> instead of the oh no's that I would expect to hear from my <laughs> friend over here, I, uh, I hear a loud cheer. <laughs> a cheer for a Queenslander try. Can you believe that? He cheered Dane Gagai scoring. Not not because of it, just because of his multi. The most ridiculous multi ever. They would have to have four other things happen as well. But he just happened to celebrate you have, you have to back one every of leg. the five things that would happen that yeah. he would make money. Support every leg getting up. He was cheering. What made it worse was there was people behind us. He had a New South Wales jersey on and he stood up. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. And everyone was <laughs> cussing him out to oh Kingdom Come. Everyone was just screaming at him. And I, I couldn't look at him. I just could not look at you when you've supported Dane Gagai scoring a try because of your multi. I just couldn't bear to feast my eyes on the abomination. So you are by far the putter of everyone's week, should be. If no, it no, is no, no. a sin, one of the original sins to celebrate another team scoring a try against your team. How do you do that? Because a true gambling degenerate will understand. <laughs> no, I you get back it. If, every leg. <laughs> no, I un- completely understand it. If one, we're either up by 30 and you're like, oh well, yes, I can we, get... We were up. up. It was only to make it no, six all. It was four. <laughs> <laughs> we were up by four. Two, I understand it. If... um. If it's the last leg of your multi, like if it's, I've got everything else with my multi, this is the last thing that I need to happen for me to but, win. No, but I, I only needed one Queenslander to score and it was him and that he scored. So I was like, fuck yeah. But after he scored, I was all- You got one leg, you got one leg the entire game. Yeah, well, that's just how it happened to be. You got one leg I, out of five. One, one of the legs was New South Wales to win. So I was still supporting New South Wales. No, but I you celebrated Dane Gagai scoring. Yeah. When you had four other legs to win. Yeah. Because you need to tick them all off one by one. Oh, my God. It was just... It was... It I gave kept me a glimmer of hope. I just kept on rambling on about it as well. I just couldn't bear to look at him. It was... I've just never seen anybody do that. It was... Oh, well, now you have. It, 
in a state of origin game, like the biggest game in the new NRL calendar. You celebrated Look, I'm Queensland not, not apologising. Winning. <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, winning, I mean, I was scoring depressed. a try and going into a winning situation. Of, I was depressed at the end of the game. Yeah, but you deserved it. You brought that upon. No. You brought that upon us. No. I swear the NRL gods were looking down at you and saying, how dare he support another team scoring over the team he's supporting and wearing a jersey of in the middle of a pub full of New South Wales fans. What the... The confidence nah. on you was ridiculous. I mean, how you I didn't managed even to realize do that? People would have realized that I was doing that. And <laughs> I just, you it just, just looked behind, naturally. and everyone's just staring it at just him. Happened just happened naturally because it was as, that he put the kick in, and Gaga was running through, and I was like, "Go gags, go gags!" Then he yeah, got it, and it was I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> you were like commentating like Ray Warren or something. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it was just. Well, it was rule just, number one of gambling on State of Origin: always bet on Dan Gaga. <laughs> yeah, and it's like. Why are you surprised that he's got... What sh- you should have done is like, yes. Maybe a little yes under your breath. <laughs> yes. Or like not being I so upset. I, was, I didn't celebrate that much. You were standing up and yes, <laughs> get in. Yes. And everybody was just looking at him going, oh my, oh my days. How could you? Um. So yeah, I, I just cannot comprehend... Uh, how you did that and you are my pusher of the week for celebrating another team scoring an origin try and stop looking down at your phone to try and I'm not find your happiness and try and distract yourself from this conversation I think everybody who watches this will fully agree with me that what you did if you're a punter you'll be like you gotta back the legs no you gotta back the legs you can be a punter but when you're a punter at state of origin I'm not even a gambler so He's a bit of a degenerate gambler, let's be honest. Let's be honest, you are a gambler. No. Yeah, you are. (laughs) You put on at least a bet a week. Mate, yeah, well, that's not bad. Uh, I I said at least, though. So, what I'm saying is, even though you are a degenerate gambler, (laughs) it was shameful and not even the worst better in the world, not even the most degenerate gambler in the world, in the world of sports betting, obviously, would... In a state of origin game, if he was a New South Wales fan, would he support Queensland scoring? No matter how, unless, and I said that, like I just said, if this was to win you the multi, I mm-hmm. completely understand you celebrating it. But it's the first leg in the 10th minute of the game when we're losing. Yeah, well, this is how it works. When, when there's money on the line, loyalty's out the window. No, it's not. It, it shouldn't is. be out the window for five dollars, mate. <laughs> no, but I was going to win a lot more than five. But you did it, though, did you? <laughs> no, but I could have. You won one leg out of five. You weren't going to win it. So, yeah, look, that's you are my portrait of the week for <laughs> for doing that. Okay, I, could, I just I just compare it. Imagine if I we were watching the Champions League final and Manchester United were in it, and I just a picturing myself. <laughs> Celebrating, like a say li- we're versus Liverpool goal. Yeah, Liverpool. <laughs> we're playing Liverpool in the Champions League final, and me having a bet on Salah to score and Salah scoring, and me going, "Yes, get in there." Well, I wouldn't? just couldn't. Im- I don't think I would, mate. I'm- what if you had like you won a million dollars off it? I wouldn't celebrate. You wouldn't. Well, one, I wouldn't have enough money to have a million dollars on Salah to score. Uh, where I'd get a million dollars because Salah's obviously going to score, probably going to score anyway, and he's probably one of the more likely players to score. But anyway, I cannot comprehend. Like, that's how I keep on sort of 
drawing a comparison because NRL is your main sport, right? It's like one oh, of, one of them. It's one of your big ones, but obviously I care probably a bit more about football than you do about NRL. But still, I just can't imagine in a Champions League final against Liverpool and Salah scoring or any Liverpool player scoring and celebrating it. Like, how could I do that? I don't know. So, yeah, anyway. For the boys. For the boys? It's the opposite <laughs> of for the boys. It's for yourself. <laughs> well, the boys could have got a free round if I won. Wow. Yes. You, I could have got a free round? Really? No way. Thank you. Maybe, maybe. No, I don't think you would. You're the stingiest guy I've ever met. You'd be like, nah. Nah, I probably would have. You would, you'd be like, hey, lads, you can watch me put $10 on the pokies now. <laughs> <laughs> I won like 30 cents on the pokies and I was forced to reinvest it and I lost it all. <laughs> you won 30 cents? <laughs> Why are you so upset about that? How much did you put in? 20. Oh my God, okay. Well, I, I thought you were flush with cash. Anyway, so I, I obviously know your pusher of the week. Now, this place, I mean, this is a sinkhole for money. <laughs> I'm going to tell you Oscar's pusher of the week. I mean, if you want to lose money, go here. I yeah, beg you. Now, is. this is all alleged because we don't want to get sued. It's not alleged. Fuck them. It's a, no, I, I will be the responsible one and say, allegedly, this is all true. But you you can go well, on and sort of illustrate okay. your... Yeah, so if, if you live in Sydney, this this will be relevant. If you don't, then probably not. But um, basically, we went out to this place on Saturday. It's called Home Bar. Um, we went in there with some reasonably high expectations of this place. Uh, yeah, we were. It was hyped up. We, we I mean, were, we were told it was decent. I mean, we've been um, to most places in Sydney, most nightclubs in I Sydney. Mean, probably not, but well, we've been to a few. Uh, we've been a, been to at least two. So two, been <laughs> <laughs> to like seven, but whatever. <laughs> seven. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is one of the few big places that we haven't been to yet. I, I think we're. I don't know. I've never even heard of it before. Well, I, I've heard so. of it, so but it's one of the bigger places on like Darling Harbour. But anyway, you you it's um, so yeah, yeah. It's called Home Bar, I think. And this place was just not it. It was first of all the Sekis there were doing too much. They were doing metal detectors and all sorts. I, I've never seen that before. And to get into a club, um, now this man over here brought a a flask with him um, because he thought he was. He thought he was slick bringing some alcohol in. So, yep. Um, and the Sekis, well, obviously you cracked under the pressure of keeping it in your pocket. No, 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 hang on. When you saw the metal detector, you were like, shh. No, hang on. I won't be into. Okay, I won't interject anymore, but this is important because it's about me directly. So, what happened was, if you've ever been to a nightclub, I've never, we've never been searched or whatever. You just pay whatever the entrance fee is and you walk, walk in and you show your ID, you walk in, right? This is the one place. That I've ever, just the one occasion that I bring a flask. The first time I ever bring one, um, they happen to have do fucking full on body searches in a metal detector. Well, it wasn't metal; it was just body search. It, they it just is. searched your pockets, right? And so, I originally it was with another one of our mates, but he froze up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he bottled it. If he just kept it in your pocket, you yeah, been he fine. he would have been fine. But the thing was, he literally was like, oh god. They're searching people. And so what he did was he took it out of his pocket and just <laughs> played view. Just went like, here you go. Just gave it to me. And then the Sekis that were outside, like the cordon line or whatever, were like, what's that? And I'm like, oh God, I've lost it. And he's like, all right, so we can either throw it out or you can come in. Um, and I was like, I was drunk at the time. I'm not going to lie. But 
it was just anyway. It was just a. It was a cheap flask anyway. I I had a much more nicer one anyway. But it it wasn't a cheap one. But I, it was uh, reasonably expensive. Um, and they already threw it out and said you had to. You could come in anyway. Uh, they said. They said. Well, but if you want to come in, you can throw it out. Or no, but what I thought they said was you can either throw the liquid out or and come in. Or you can take it and go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they said something like that. But th- and that's, yeah, that's what I thought that they said. So I was like, all right, you can just throw the liquid out and I can come in. <laughs> but they ended up chucking the whole thing away. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so it was already in the bin and I'm like, oh, and they only just ushered me through. And then, to make matters worse, we go up on the entrance and we're like, oh, how much is it? $35. $35 entrance is piece of shit. Yeah, so- Are you kidding yeah, me? So before we get in, You've lost a flask, and we've lost thirty-five dollars each, which is steep for Sydney. Like Sydney, Sydney's expensive to get in most places, but thirty-five bucks—that is up there. Um, and so that—that's before we even get into the place. Um, once we're inside, it's pretty packed. You know, it looks all right, decent dance-sized dance floor and all that. Um, big queues for drinks, which which isn't it, but you know, you get that in packed clubs, so I guess you got to deal with it. Um, but then you know, once you get on the dance floor. You find out that th- there's like some sort of segregation going on. <laughs> it's like the 1960s it's like a, in America. It's like a year year seven party or something. <laughs> I don't know. But um, there's there was like this dance floor, like this elevated dance floor up the front, which was like free to go on. It wasn't employed people. You could just go up there, and it was just all the girls in the place were up there, and then all the dudes were like on this lower dance floor, just like staring at them like Ugh. <laughs> like fucking zombies. Um, and it was it was just so weird. It was like um, it was basically just a gay bar. It was. Yeah. It was like I'm like, if you're gonna make me pay thirty five dollars, can you just advertise that you're basically a gay bar? Yeah, and it's, it's not the fact that we're like going out searching for women or whatever. No, but it's just like it's not. You know, I'm not there to feel forty five yeah, dicks. Yeah, <laughs> I I just don't want to be cramped against a bunch of sweaty horny dudes. Like I'm I'm good, thanks. Like can I? And the fact that if any guy tried to get up on there to try and get some yeah, breathing the, the room. Yeah, were like sh- pulling <laughs> them off the pulling stage. Pulling them down, kicking them out. It's like, what is it? <laughs> I don't understand. Is it illegal to go up there? And it was just, it was an absolute nightmare because around the front, it was, it was whenever we got to the front or when we got near the, that stage because the elevator stage, whenever we got near it, it was so weird because it just felt like a bunch of guys were like in this trip. Yeah, it and was just so weird. It was just this the dynamic that they were set up that they set up was just so wrong and so effed up. Um, and maybe if you're maybe it was a gay bar and we just didn't know. No, it but, wasn't. <laughs> but it just was so. We've done that before, so <laughs> that is a that's another that's another story time <laughs> if if you'd like to hear. But yeah, it was um, it was just probably the worst. It's definitely the worst experience I've ever had. In a nightclub. Um, By far. Yeah, it was just... just you, you know, you can only look at, like, a dude on the dance floor and go, like, yeah, and, like, dance looking at them and be like, fuck yeah. yeah. And then you, you can only do that to so many dudes before it's just like, oh, I'm kind of bored. Yeah, I know. It's not the fact that the, the, the women that weren't dancing with women or whatever. It's not that part. It's the fact that when you segregate it, it just makes the dynamic of it so weird. When you segregate the genders, it just <clears> makes the dynamic... Of the club so weird, and it just makes it so less friendly. It just seems like 
it seems even more predatory if you just separate <laughs> the so women and the men. It's just such a weird thing. And you can't dance in <clears> groups <throat> or like, because you know when you come, you come with like a group of friends or you come with a group of mates. You can't dance in like a group anymore. Any can't dance in a group. It's like a it's like a festival. It's like a fest weird festival where you're looking at the music, but there's no music. There's just a bunch of women on a stage. So you were just, and it was so packed in of dudes that it was just so uncomfortable. And look, I'm not the tallest dude ever. I'm not the muscliest dude. I'm pretty skinny. But so for me, it was just so like emasculating, <laughs> just going. And that, look, I don't mind dancing with dudes. I, I've, you know, you do. I dance, love it if I'm dancing yeah. with mates, but. No, you dance with random dudes anyway. I, I love doing that anyway. But it's just the fact that how segregate, one, the fact that I got my flask taken off me and thrown in the bin. And I just said, could you not? Put yeah, it over we, there. We should have just if if they were like you're gonna throw it out. We should have just been like, oh, we'll yeah. But that's the thing. Else. We thought they said throw the liquid out. No, I well, I heard that, that if you want to come in, you got to throw it out. But that's the genuine, like that's what you would typically think. Like, uh, oh, you just no. I thought they were throwing the whole thing out. Well, I mean, I thought they said throw the liquid out, and then and you, I'll give it back to you. And you can go in, but they threw the whole thing out, which I don't really <laughs> comprehend. And I said, well, and I said once they did it. I was like, why couldn't you just put it over on the side? I was like, oh, we just threw it out. And I'm like, oh, my God. It was just so bad. And the fact that it's so hyped up, I don't know how guys go back there because it's so bad. It's just so weird and bad. Like, it's just not a good atmosphere at all. The drinks are expensive. The entry's $35. Like, usual entry for a club in Sydney is like, 15, t- 10 to 15. They have to have a sign up outside saying, home bar, unofficial gay bar. <laughs> well, $35 entry. Gay bars are way better than that. It's just <laughs> way less creepy than that in the first place. It was just such a creepy and weird environment that I just wouldn't advise you going there if you're going to Sydney. I just Jesus, just please don't go there. Um, we need to run them out of business, the <laughs> scumbags. 35 Look, bucks. It's perfect. Like, you said when we walked in there, we thought, oh, it's a, at least, it, even though I lost my flask and I played $35 for entry, it's still a decent place because it's the atmosphere was cool. Like, it was a good sort of place. It looked nice. The, it had a cool back screen. It had a DJ sort of propped up. The drinks were right there. Um, it, it was a good sort of area. Um, but once you started to get later in the night, it just turned into this weird dynamic that I just don't know how they make any money from. Like, how do people go back there and say, yeah, that was a good place. Let's go back there. I don't know. Um, um, yeah, but then when we, we decided to leave about 12.30, because I was just like, oh, fuck this. I felt awesome. Yeah. So we, we usually left. stay out late. I'm, I'm usually up to stay out till whenever. But it was just that bad. And it stayed, it's open to like four, I heard, or something like that. But I was just not, I saw the last train and I was like, no, I'm out of here, baby. Yeah, but uh, so as we were leaving, I was like, oh, let's go fucking find your flask. Um, so we ended up literally searching through this bin <laughs> for the flask. And then at, at the at the end, they were like, oh, I think we changed the bin. Yeah, so <laughs> they said we didn't change the bins. And we're like, oh, okay, we'll look through it. And it wasn't that bad of garbage because I it, was, mean, I, I, it was just drinks. You made me look through it, and I, which I didn't want to do, but it was wet and shit. It was disgusting. Well, it, it was wet because it was just full of like half drunken drinks. So it wasn't like... Pretty break. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like a big like mix of drinks. So it wasn't... I didn't find it that disgusting. It wasn't like a normal garbage. It was like a club garbage. But I looked through and I'm like, oh, f- I'm doing my shoulder in here, just searching through this bin. And because th- they said, oh, we haven't changed the bins. And they're like, 
And then once we're searching for it for like five minutes, like, oh, we should change the bins. And I'm like, could you guys not get any more? Could could you not be any more annoying? Could you guys just not? <laughs> yeah. Also, screw my night have, up they anymore. They have like ten seckies out there, and there was like no line. Yeah. It was, I don't know. It's just a strange operation they've got going on it's over strange. there. Strange. I like, don't know who's in charge, but I mean, I Ivy Thursday is pretty packed, and it, it does get a bit like, and it, Ivy Thursday is pretty annoying. A, a lot of times, just getting a drink, you have to wait for like an hour. It's just, it's an absolute nightmare. Well, that was partially the bartender's fault and partially the people getting the drinks fault. Yeah. That was just a combination of idiosity. Yeah, but that, that was, the Ivy Thursday is more because there's so many people there that it gets annoying. This is just because they're just stupid and they don't know, I don't know how they just, like, they don't understand how to create a decent atmosphere and how to not rip off people. I get it's Darling Harbour and you have to, but we went to, what was the place at Barangaroo the other week? What was it like? Bungalow. Bungalow, which was like $15 entry or something like that. I don't know. But, which is similar place. I mean, Bungalow, Barangaroo and Darling Harbour are basically the same place. So I don't, I didn't sort of understand why. Well, I mean, they could probably charge whatever they wanted. Like, <laughs> Well, it's not the fact that, look, if you charge me $35, I'm not going to be. Like, you don't even see how much it is. You just go up there, tap your card and walk in. Yeah, so it's not the. That wasn't the be all and end all part of it, but it was just the fact that it was the worst club I've been to, and I had to pay the most to get in it. Was the worst combination, but yeah, that was your uh, puta yeah. of the week, your yeah. da puta. So uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a good weekend. It's <laughs> one of the rare weekends where I just didn't have a fun time. Like usually on a night out, it's just fun, it's just to dance and drink, and it's fun, and you get drunk. But this weekend, I mean, it was just the most. I just felt like. When you ask me, oh, you want to get a drink at like 11, I'm like, why would I want to drink anymore at this place? I have to wait mm. half an the hour only, in a line. Yeah, the only drink worth, like, cheap enough to get was the house beer. And that was the maybe the worst yeah, beer could, I've ever had in my life. <laughs> you could get but, horrendous. But you could get six drinks for the price of entry. Seven. Seven drinks for the price of entry, which was just it's a bit bizarre. Yeah. Like, isn't that, don't you think that's a bit weird? Um, and you just saw a bunch of guys just know. drinking beer. It was just maybe it was prime that day or something because there was some like dancing models on the stage. No, there was a couple of that. there was a couple of actually employed girls on the stage. No, but you see that you see that quite a lot at like the high sort of. Uh, I I want to say so you see that at Ivy a lot. They do that. Um, but yeah, it was just weird, man. <laughs> we should have gone to uh, what was it? The Argyle had like Tim O'Matic on or something. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. I would have rather seen Tim O'Matic. <laughs> just, pa- just a classic back even, in the old Even day. if it was filled with 40-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just not a great weekend for us personally. We'll, we won't make that mistake again. I can guarantee it. But this was all alleged what we said. This could all not be true. But I'd like to say it was just alleged. Um, but anyway, is that is that the end of the podcast? Yeah, I think that's it. Unless you got anything else you want to say. Uh, Celtics and seven. Uh, thank you for watching. Like, subscribe, uh, share, do whatever you want with it. Follow us on IG. And Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you find us funny. Peace.